Hi, welcome to Adulthood Pending Podcasts. I'm Kimmy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Annalise. We're a podcast for college students, recent graduates, or anyone else who's also figuring out that being an adult isn't as simple as it's made out to be. Join us each episode as we share how we're navigating our careers, postgrad lives, and the whole adulting experience. we've had other grad students joining us on adult pending but we haven't had someone deep dive into what it's like being a grad student and how that path influences your adulthood journey our guest today graduated from Tufts in 2015 with a double major in english and biology and then went immediately to dental school at ucsf and is now completing her periodontics residency at usc outside of studying for school something that she has done for the past 27 years our guest spends her free time climbing biking running and texting me photos of her cooking and baking fails and also asking me for my Hula password. <laughs> so we're really excited to talk to my sister, Juliana Ko, <laughs> a.k.a. Dr. Ko. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Very accurate description. <laughs> or borrow my clothes is, I think, a more accurate description of you. Yeah, I tried um, to borrow your clothes this time and you said no, so <laughs> I had to bring my own. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, so we usually start episodes off with a fun question. So the fun question for today's episode is, if you could redo your undergrad degree, what would you choose to major in or possibly take more classes on? You know, I think I would like to be a software engineer if I didn't go into medicine or like, you know, dentistry. So I would have done a lot more computer science classes. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It, yeah. I thought you were joking. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm being serious. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a lot of friends who are <laughs> software engineers and then just seeing how they can, you know, start working right out of college and then mm-hmm. just start making a lot of money and then supporting themselves. And then they get all this like free stuff at the places they're working at, like coffee, food. And then I was an SF, so I got to visit a lot of my friends' workplaces and then they had, you know, free smoothies that you could just make and then like orange juice and ice cream it was like crazy (laughs) (laughs) okay i will say that that's not true for all tech companies i work at one where that is not provided for us we do have a snack wall but no free coffee or smoothies yeah or any of that or orange it was fresh squeezed orange orange juice juice. you could just see the oranges (laughs) yeah you just you could throw in the oranges like skin and all and it would just like come out with orange juice crazy Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, not all tech companies, but you have the potential <laughs> to work in these like super nice, fancy ones. Yeah, true, true. What about you, Annalise? Yeah, what about you? Oh, me? Would you want to <laughs> take your I'm pretty. Class? I'm pretty okay with computer science, but I there was a really cool class at one of the colleges where it was like cooking with chemistry or baking with chemistry. Oh. Um, and I think like, I, I have no idea what they did there, but I know that they baked stuff. So, and then I think they ate it. So I would have loved that class, but I think it was like studying like how different amounts of like certain things would react. Mm. So it was like chemistry related. Um, but you would like bake things in different amounts. I don't know. It was, um, it was a mud class. You could ask your brother about that, Kimmy. Mm. Do you think mm. watching, um, Great British Bake Off has influenced? Yes, definitely. <laughs> nice yeah I really also liked my major I loved studying English but 
if I had to change mm-hmm. it, I feel like a cool one would be like art history or just something art related because mm-hmm. one of my really good friends took a lot of classes in that and then when she goes mm-hmm. to a museum she just like knows everything and it just seems really fun to like yeah. know um more <laughs> than just what the little platelet on the <laughs> next to the painting tells you and mm-hmm. yeah so I think that'd be really cool yeah to know that would about. be cool um I'm kind of with Juliana on this one like I would have loved to take I didn't take any software engineering classes or coding classes in college but I feel like a lot of the things I do now, like I love working in Excel and using like formulas, which is kind of like writing code, but it just takes longer. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I knew how to do this, it would just be more efficient. Um, yeah. So that would have been cool. Actually, I had a friend who took a really cool class where they just went hiking a lot. And then it was like learning about plants and trees. And then their oh. final was like a hike in somewhere. And then the professor would just like put these letters on like trees or plants. And they're like, what is this tree? Or like, what is this plant? They're <laughs> good survivor skills. I know. That's <laughs> this cool. is poisonous. This is not poisonous. <laughs> yeah. So Juliana, every guest we have, uh, we always ask where they are on their adulthood journey. So where are you on your adulthood journey? And... Would you say you feel more or less of an adult than Annalise? <laughs> oh, I think, okay, in some ways, I feel like less an adult, an adult than Annalise. Um, I think because I'm still in school. Um, for dental residencies, a lot of them, you have to pay for it. So I don't get mm-hmm. any salaries. Um, so I, I don't have, I'm not making any money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think financially, that's what, like, I don't feel like very much of an adult. Like, I feel like I have a lot of friends who are making money. They can like go and take trips and buy things that they want. But for me, I'm still very conscious of like what I buy and what I um, spend money on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think um, in that way, I feel less of an adult. Um, but in some other ways, I feel like more of an adult because like I feel like I'm surrounded by a lot of people who have started having kids, started mm-hmm. buying houses. like these things that it's like, whoa, like, you know, I'm going to start like my friends are having babies and they're taking care of kids. <laughs> so, so yeah. And that way I'm like, okay, I feel kind of more of an adult. Um, but yeah. And where are you in your adulthood journey? Who, me? Yes, you. What are the steps? Are there no, are there steps? How, how would you like, if someone were to ask you, like, do you feel like an adult? Yes or no, why or why not? Right. What would you say to that? Right. Well, I don't know. Again, like adulthood journey, like that's a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm kind of, I'm definitely not like, I don't feel like a high schooler. And I don't feel like a college <laughs> student either. Like, I feel like I've kind of, I'm more mature than like a college student and also like mm-hmm. a little bit more mature than like even past college. But mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm like, oh, I'm an adult. You know, I I don't know. It's like weird to think of myself as an adult. I mean, I am, but I don't know. It's hard to answer that question. Yeah. I mean, we're all technically <laughs> adults, and I don't I think mean, any of us really feel like adults. <laughs> right, right, right. We're all like technically adults, but I feel like the older I get, the less I feel like I'm like there. You know, there is no mm. oh, interesting. no there. That is interesting. Yeah, I mean, like I feel like even if I had a kid or like got married, I'm still not like. I still don't know a lot of things. And I feel like I'd still keep keep feeling that way no matter how old I get, you know. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a journey. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I wonder if that's because you then become exposed to more things that you like didn't necessarily think would happen. Like you were saying earlier that, you know, you're watching everyone around you like have kids or get married and go through these different steps. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure down the line, there's just like more things that come up. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that happens in life. <laughs> right, right. Not that here. happens. Uh-huh. But I still feel like me, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I still feel like there are still parts of me that like are the same as when I was in college. And then some other parts of me that are like different. So, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to answer that question. But I guess that's why you ask everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We ask other people so that we don't have to answer it pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hard question. Yeah. And then you mentioned earlier that right after graduating from Tufts, you went into dental school. Can you just mm-hmm. explain a little bit about that process? Like, I am very unfamiliar with that route. So is it typical to take a break or typical to go directly into school? Yeah. Um, I don't know. People, people in my class, there was like a huge range of... Um, like different ages. So the youngest in my class when I entered was 20, 20. And then the oldest was 39. So it's like various people, you know, they, they decide to, some people decide to work in a totally different profession. And then they're like, Oh, actually I really like dentistry. So then they like take the classes and then they go into dentistry. Um, yeah, one of my really good friends, he worked, he like worked in like some kind of company and he was like, you know, pretty established there. And then he was like, actually, you know, I really like dentistry. Um, (laughs) and then a lot of people, they like take extra classes and then that's like an additional couple years. Um, and then there were people like the 20 year olds, they would spend like three years in college. There was like an accelerated program at UOP. So university of Pacific and college is three years and dental school is three years. Mm -hmm. So in total, you spend six years after high school. So you could, you could become a dentist by 23. Wow. Oh, wow. I think. Yeah. If you like graduate high school by 17. Yeah. So I think like if you know you want to be a dentist pretty early on or whatever professional school, you just have to be prepared to like take the classes in college and like get all the stuff ready by the time you have to apply, which is like the first, the final year of college. And then, yeah. But I think for, um, I know like, Uh, Some other programs, they want a lot, they have like a lot of requirements, like, oh, like, you know, you need to shadow this many hours, whatever. So sometimes it's like a little hard to squeeze everything in before graduation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you say you're happy with your decision to go right after graduating? Or like, do you think you wish you maybe took a year off or had a break in between? Yeah, I think I'm pretty happy with my decision. I think because, um, I think I've always been very like, oh, I like to have a plan in my life and I like to be working towards that plan and I like to be on that plan. So I think like in high school, I was like, I need to know what to do so that I can work towards it. And then when I found dentistry, I was like, okay, like I like this. So I'm just going to work towards it. So like, I think my first year in college, I was like, I'm going to be a dentist. And then everything I was doing was like, okay, I'm going to prepare for dental school. And then when I got in, I just felt like this huge relief, like, okay, Mm. I'm like, on the path that like I I wanted to do and like I think I was just stressed not having a path Mm. um yeah yeah so I don't regret it but I I mean I do see a lot of people who like take a couple years off um like my boyfriend he's in med school and he took two years off to do research 
Um, and then in those two years, he was like rock climbing, like spending a lot of time with friends. Like he, he was making money too. So he could like spend money on things that he wanted to do. And then I was like, Oh, that that's like really fun and relaxing. And yeah, you're like preparing for something, but you know, it's like a break, but I think I would have been like, because of my personality, I think I would have been more stressed taking time off than going straight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that was just me. Yeah. Growing up, I remember like you were just studying all the time. Anytime I would want to play with you, you're like, no, I'm studying, go away. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of like made sense that you would then go into a profession that like where you would continue to study. And I remember like I think it was um, sometime at Tufts, you were saying that like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for the workforce yet. So you're like, I'm really glad that I am going to dental school because like all your other friends are graduating and like working. Mm-hmm. And you're like, meanwhile, I'm studying and I'm glad that I'm continuing that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, how do you feel about the workforce now that you're about to graduate in a year? Mm-hmm. Or t- yeah, in a year, in a year, in a year. In a year, yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited. I'm, <laughs> I think it took me this you're long. You're like, it's done. 27 <laughs> years, I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, it took me a long, I mean, like, even after, like, even at the end of dental school, or like, before I applied for my residency, because in dentistry, it's different, you don't have to go into residency, you could go to work straight after dentistry. But even then, I was like, I'm not ready. I like, I don't feel prepared. I need to study some more. I love studying. And then now that I'm in residency for, it's been two years after dental school, I'm like, okay, I'm ready now. (laughs) I want to (laughs) work. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's nice to study in a way it does kind of delay the whole like, okay, I, I'm going to support myself and like be an adult and, you know, take care of all my finances. Like in a way I'm still, you know, not, I don't have those same responsibilities. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I just have to focus on residency and studying. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're kind of clumping like studying in college and then dental school and then residency as just like this big period of time where you're just studying. But do you think there Mm -hmm. were differences um, being in grad school versus undergrad? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I feel like in undergrad, not everyone goes to college with the idea like they want to study. You have people who like Mm -hmm. don't want to study at all. (laughs) And then everyone's, everyone's doing something different in undergrad. Mm -hmm. You know, you have Mm -hmm. friends majoring in all sorts of things and then friends who like have different kinds of hobbies and you're always meeting people everything's different and I felt like when I was in college someone was always doing something that was fun Mm. like you know some people would be like oh like I want to go climb the rooftops and it's like midnight and (laughs) I'm like this is my bedtime and then I just felt like I was always kind of like oh my gosh there are so many things going on and like at the, like for the first two years of college, I just wanted to study. Well, I didn't want to, but that I just felt like that was what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so I felt kind of like I was missing out on a lot of things because um, everyone was doing something. And sometimes I was like, no, I shouldn't be doing those things. I should be studying. Um, and then when you get to grad school, like everyone there is there to be a dentist and everyone's taking the same classes in your class. Everyone's doing the same things. You're like, it's, it's kind of like being in high school a little bit. Like the class sizes are smaller. You're like on the same schedule. Um, You finish at the same time. The exams are all at the same time. So I actually really enjoyed dental school in that way because I I didn't feel like people were doing things without me. I felt like we were all doing things together. And I never felt like, oh, people are like climbing rooftops at midnight because 
I mean, maybe, maybe like one person was, but like everyone else was probably like sleeping because we had class <laughs> the next morning or something. Mm-hmm. And people had like families um, too, like some, some of my dental school classmates. So they would go home for their families. Like not everyone was like, oh, let's go out. Let's have fun. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, people still did, but I think, you know, um, not like all the time. I felt like in college, it was a little much. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So I really liked dental school. Um, yeah. That's great. It seems like a really good cohort experience. You're just mm-hmm. like experiencing everything together. Um, mm-hmm. Something that I was wondering the other day, I was actually getting my teeth cleaned at the dentist. Uh-huh. And I was like, a question <laughs> popped into my mind. And I was like, oh, yes, we're going to talk to Annalise's sister so I can ask her. <laughs> um, I know for some programs, like when you get a master's, like an MBA, it's like good to go to certain schools because they just have like a lot of alumni connections and it's just a really good program. And then like in the long run, you could potentially have a higher salary. So mm-hmm. I was just wondering, cause I am very unfamiliar, as I mentioned with the dentistry route, mm-hmm. like what are the benefits of going to a really prestigious school or residency program? And like, mm-hmm. how can it actually help you in the long run? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it has to do with maybe like patient perception Because I think what's considered prestigious by patients is not necessarily like, you know, the best dental school for like clinical skills. So Mm -hmm. I think like, I don't know, like, uh, I guess I don't really want to like drop names, but I think, (laughs) I think there are some schools out there that you may have never heard of, but they're really good for preparing you to be a really good, like clinically strong dentist. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think part of it is maybe like their location, like they're located in Mm -hmm. areas where patients might not have a lot of access to like really uh, a lot of dental care. So a lot of patients will go to the dental school and then you get a lot of patients, get a lot of practice, Mm -hmm. um, working on your clinical skills. Some other schools, maybe they're really prestigious. Um, and part of the reason why they're prestigious is because they have a lot of research opportunities and they Mm -hmm. have like big names. So you might go to that dental school and you do a lot of research. Um, you know, I think like becoming a dentist for patients, like it would be good if you're like really clinically, um, uh, like you have a good clinical background, but some other dentists, if they go to these like prestigious universities, they do a ton of research and then, um, they might not have as much clinical experience, Mm -hmm. but I think like, obviously once you go out and practice and like after like 50, 60 years, like everyone just kind of, I think then then it kind of boils down to your own individual drive. Like, oh, I want to learn mm-hmm. how to do this. I want to learn how to do that. And then you go to like learn that in, from other courses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't really think it matters as much like which school you go to for dental school. Um, it's probably more like how how much you want to do it and like how much work you're willing to put in to becoming a good whatever dentist you want to be, whether it's like, oh, I want to do a ton of research or I want to be really good clinically. Mm. yeah it's kind of like complicated but (laughs) that's so interesting because I guess like in my head it's always like there's like always the big names like back in undergrad too Mm -hmm. it was like always the IVs for example Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um and I guess like a lot of things are associated to the name of the school but I never really thought about like the reason why we think that is because a lot of it is patient perception like it's not about like research or a clinic you know it's it's very much like how we as patients see the name that we see associated to our dentist Mm -hmm. right right and we think like we associate that with like some kind of I don't know 
prestige or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so that's why some people might choose to go to like a very well-known school, you know, because mm-hmm. maybe like I don't I don't know exactly like the individual specifics of the school, but definitely patients will be impressed by a school name that they right. recognize versus a school name that they're like, oh, I don't know. And it's also very regional too. Like mm. on the East Coast, I don't like, a lot of people don't know UCSF actually. So oh, like really? I would go back, I'm like, oh yeah, they don't know. I'm like, oh, oh I, I like, I'm like, oh, I, like, like I'm going to, you know, um, school in SF. They're like, which school? I'm like, oh, UCSF. They're like, oh, like I think there's a basketball player that went there. But like UCSF <laughs> is like a grad school yeah. thing for like professional healthcare professionals. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that they're thinking it's like USF, like University of San Francisco. <laughs> so I don't know. But then what in California, people are like, oh yeah, I know that school. And it's kind of like Tufts too. Like in Boston, people are very familiar mm-hmm. with Tufts and they're like, oh, my dentist went to Tufts, whatever. And sometimes oh. in California, people are like, I don't know what Tufts is. Like, where is that? What is that? <laughs> mm-hmm. right. So it depends on where you want to practice too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are all good. I feel like adulting tips for when I move and have to find my own doctors. <laughs> I feel like I should <laughs> go online and see like what the school mm-hmm. ranking is. So that way I actually, actually know. <laughs> yeah, but actually I I think like with dental schools I don't know if they're ranked. But um I think in medicine it's a lot more clear cut like this is number 1, this is number 2, oh. but like in in dentistry it's a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So being my older sister, did you feel any pressure from like yourself or from mom and dad to kind of like be an example for me? Because I feel like growing up, I definitely saw you as like a role model, especially in like high school and stuff. So when you started grad school and like you were off kind of living on your own, did you kind of feel in pressure in any way? Like when I would talk to you to be like, oh, like I should be doing something to set an example for Annalise no <laughs> not really <laughs> I was I just <laughs> I was just kind of like well I mean I sometimes sometimes I mean okay to be honest sometimes I would have mom and dad t- or actually not dad but like mom she would come and she'd be like can you talk to Annalise like her grades <laughs> her grades are not like really good in high this was in high school so I think oh, I, I was like she, excuse me <laughs> oh no, no no like in high school I think it was like math or something and then she was oh. like and then I was visiting from college <laughs> And we'll then she's like, she's always on the computer watching YouTube videos. No, nope, we don't talk about that. And she's nope. always singing, uh, singing in the bathroom. Like, when is she studying? <laughs> Making your YouTube videos. <laughs> or actually, I remember um, Annalise no. would watch so many TV shows. No. She had like 20-something TV shows she was like all cut off, caught up on. Like 20-something. 20. I'm like not exaggerating. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Next question. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay, so Brittany, what about you? <laughs> You're an older sister. How do you, how do you feel? Um, yeah, I feel like for me, I'm only a, a year older than my sister, so it wasn't super like the pressure wasn't really high on me for me to like pave a path for her. Um, it was more just like. But yeah, I did have my parents come occasionally and be like, oh, you can't do this. You're the older sister. You have to set an example, which I resented for such a long time because it's like I didn't ask to be an older sister. But I mean, I think it definitely shaped a lot of my personality um, today. Like I think I'm a lot more independent because of I didn't have someone to look up to. So I kind of had to do a lot of this stuff myself. So 
yeah mm-hmm. still grateful for the oldest older sister role even though I think at one point I definitely didn't want it a lot of the time <laughs> did your sister look up to you then Brittany or or has she said oh I look up to you as my role model <laughs> I didn't oh my god I regret saying that already <laughs> Why did Annalise say that to you? Yeah, she did. Oh, she just did. Just I think she was like, oh, I oh, see she you as a did. role model. <laughs> oh. Growing up, okay. I saw you as a role model. <laughs> Growing up, not now. <laughs> um, I think she definitely um, has told me that there were some traits and things that I've done that she like respects a lot. But I think especially because right now we're in such different fields like Mm -hmm. um she's going the more creative field and really flourishing in that Uh, I don't really have that like I'm not setting an example for her in that space but Mm -hmm. I think um personal I think it's also interesting because she's so close in age to me there are definitely things that she also does to help me and kind of um yeah, there's also things that she does that kind of inspires me to do other things as well. So it kind of goes both ways, I think, more so than the average older, younger sister dynamic. Mm-hmm. Do I inspire you, Juliana? <laughs> you know, actually, it's weird. Like when you're growing up or as I was growing up, I felt like, you know, you were always this like little, you know. Are you talking about me? Yeah, yeah. Like you. I felt like you and Elise were like you were just like smaller and like not really like a quite like a human being you were like a little little doll or something okay I know that's really weird but that's when you're like really no. little yeah yeah I, I get that yeah, like you yeah. look at them like as not a real person yeah and you're just like oh this is like my sister she's younger yeah. than me she will never understand things like I do and then when you get mm-hmm. older there's like comes a time when you're like oh wait like she she's like mature now she's she like knows what she wants she's like doing her own thing and then that was kind of like a shock to me a little bit that you had like your own friends your own (laughs) interests you could do things on your own you know like you're becoming more of like an adult and then also similarly like when you're growing up you see your parents I was like oh my gosh they know everything like this is how the world is because that's the way they my parents do them and then as you get older you're like oh wait actually you know they're also kind of like figuring things out too. So mm-hmm. the family dynamic is like, it changes over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's yeah. true. I think mm-hmm. it's funny because earlier Britt said that she would have liked to take like more art history classes. Mm-hmm. And then Juliana said she like would have liked to like, I don't know, do something in software. Yeah. So like, both of you said stuff that like your younger siblings are currently doing. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> do you yeah, think that's like, true. <laughs> there was pressure to go into like more of a medical field or something that is like typically more Asian like I don't know mm-hmm. seen as like good from like the Asian parent point of view. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I think growing up it's like my mom was definitely like, "Oh, you should consider medicine." Like and then she like I think she has a way of also like just if things happen that relate to medicine and it would it seemed like it would be good for me to go into medicine, she'd just be like, "Oh, this is this is why it's good." Like I was allergic to a lot of things, so like when I had an allergic reaction, she'd be like, "Oh, see, this is why you should go into medicine so you can take oh, care mm-hmm. of yourself." Or mm-hmm. like even with my sister, because she was trying to think of like what my sister could do. And my sister was, as I was saying, like always on YouTube or like the computer. Okay. She was like, oh my gosh, Annalise, <laughs> you're always on the computer. Why don't okay. you 
do something with computers. <laughs> well, yeah. So she wanted me to be an engineer because yeah. I would like, I forget what I would think. I think like whenever something was like wrong in the house, I would like help fix it. She's like, oh, good with hands, engineer. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> and then with my sister, it was very much like she had um, like a lot of allergies growing up and she also, we both had eczema. So my, my mom was like, oh, dermatology. Very, very good. Do that. So <laughs> okay. it was very much like, I think seeing like what we could do as a kid and just trying to like, project that onto us from a young age (laughs) yeah yeah definitely but I think um I mean I did consider medicine um because you know as a kid you you don't really have parents being like oh you should be a dentist unless like your parents are dentists then they're like you should be a dentist so you can take over my practice but like Mm -hmm. my parents were more like doctor 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 and then I think I was just kind of like no I don't want to like listen to what you have to tell me whatever and then, but then when I didn't know what else to do, but so I like shadowed some doctors and then like, I was like, oh, actually like it looks all very stressful. Like you're always <laughs> applying for things. You're always competing, whatever in the lifestyle, like you have to take call, like in order to become whatever doctor you want to be um, in med school, you, they're like, you know, um, it's very stressful. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I really want to do that. And I also might want to work right after, um, grad school Mm -hmm. like I don't want the like I don't want to have to go to residency so dentistry Mm -hmm. was good too and then yeah so I was like oh like I think dentistry fits my interests more Mm -hmm. so that's why so I didn't really stray too far from like what my parents wanted um but I think I wanted no I'm gonna be a dentist (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're like oh what a rebel do residency I know that's what I thought (laughs) what a rebel what a rebel (laughs) yeah but I think like Looking back, there are a lot of things where I'm like, oh, my parents were right about a lot of things, you know. But at mm-hmm. the time when you're growing up, you're like, no, they're wrong. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, Brittany, how did you feel, like, growing up? Um, I think it's because, um, so my dad worked in healthcare tech. So he's kind of healthcare adjacent and physician adjacent. Mm-hmm. And so he would just see that the lifestyle that like physicians had was very stable and he just Mm. really wanted that for my sister and I because uh, I would say like his position was from the outside you would think it'd be stable but he kind of had some job trouble at one point in our lives so he just really wanted us to be happy and healthy and want us to have Mm. like a career set out for us where we wouldn't have trouble finding a job because yeah, we like had the 2008 recession and stuff when he around the time he had job trouble. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it was just more uh, just wanting us to have a safety net. But at the same time, when I was in college, he was like, oh, my gosh, please don't do this. You're stressing yourself out, too. Like really? he was trying to make me not do it because he was like, you know, I when I was younger, I kind of joked about it, but you know if you don't want to you don't have to so I think it's funny how like he my both my parents genuinely just wanted me to be happy in what I wanted to do mm-hmm. so yeah and you're like yeah. it's too late <laughs> I know and I'm places. like thanks yeah I've had like 18 years of like brainwashing and now you're saying I don't have to yeah but I'm so happy with I think my decision was definitely mine still mm-hmm. yeah actually my parent my parents too or like my mom, because I think I was studying really hard as well in college. And then I was like stressing myself out. And then I think mm-hmm. like, for some reason, I just like started crying. I don't remember why. Mm-hmm. And then my mom was just like, you know, like, 
yeah, the same. She was like, I just want you to be happy. Like, if you don't want to do this, like, you don't have to. And then to have her say that to me was kind of like a relief. I was like, oh, but then I was like, no, but this is still something I want to do. So, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. Kimmy, did your parents want you to go into medicine? Uh, No, we, they were just like, do whatever you want to do that will sustain your style Mm -hmm. of living, whatever that may be. Um, But I feel like they're definitely less traditional. So yeah, I, we like never had pressure to become like a lawyer or doctor or anything like that. Um, But I do agree with you, Britt, on like the point of still having a stable career. Like, I think there definitely are some professions that might be less stable. And like, Mm -hmm. even if that would sustain my style of living, I'm not sure if they would be like, yeah, gung-ho for it. (laughs) Just because Mm -hmm. I could imagine it's hard to like watch your child struggle or like anticipate that struggle might be on their journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait, Annalise, did you... Oh, oh, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, wait, what's your question? I was just wondering like if mom and dad ever wanted you to go like into any like medicine or if they did I did not listen (laughs) I know know, like in high school I was really interested in chemistry and then I think I went to I think when Um, I applied at undergrad I put chem as my major for some schools hmm. and then we had a family friend who was at Harvey Mudd at the time and then she was like oh if you can you should take this intro to CS class with this specific professor and then so um, I kept that in mind and then I went to registration thinking like, okay, I want to do this. Because I think like senior year of high school, I was like kind of interested in computer science. But at that point, it was like a few months away from graduation. So I'm like, there's, I can't do that. I'm mm-hmm. going to graduate soon. So I think I went to college like, okay, I want to try a CS class if I, if I like it. And then hearing our family friends say that, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to get into that class. I luckily got in. And then I just kind of was like, I'm going to stick with it then. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that. Yeah. So, Juliana, you're finishing up your residency and about to go into your last year, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, do you feel any less, like, of an adult because you're still in school? Or how do you feel about still studying and everything at this time in your life? Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm less of an adult than some of my, my friends who are already working. Um, I mean, at this point, I have some friends who went straight into working after dental school. So they've been working as a dentist for two years. Um, And I think a lot of them have gone on to, I I think a lot of being an adult has to do with like financial independence. Mm -hmm. So I think they, Mm -hmm. they are more financially independent to like make a lot of big life decisions. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, in that sense, I don't feel like I'm as adult because of that. But I mean, at the same time, I feel like I also know people who are in residency and who are also working on the side and also like supporting themselves that way. And I feel like maybe in that sense, some it's not like just because you're in residency, you might feel like less than an adult. I think it depends on like you as a person and how you're like, okay, I want to make money and like work while I'm also in residency. So you just spend more of your time like working. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we usually ask our our guests to provide advice related to the topic, but, you know, because you are a resident dentist, we thought it'd be more fun if we just went through some true or false or some other, you know, fire, quick questions, rapid questions about dentistry and oral hygiene. Okay. I get a lot of questions, actually. So go ahead. (laughs) 
Are you want to have any? What's your okay? That's not true or false. I was gonna say, what's your go-to fun fact like about teeth that about you teeth. would share? Yeah, just like dinner party. Fun fact about teeth. Talk. Okay, so I think I think what people don't some people don't realize is that the way that you get cavities or I okay part of it is like bacteria in your mouth, but it also like interacting with the food that you eat, right? So like it matters what kind of food you eat. So you want to avoid foods that are like uh, more acidic. So like mm-hmm. lemons, citrusy, citrusy things, um, sodas, like carbonated beverages, fermented, uh, fermentable carbohydrates. Um, so like eating like bread and stuff, it like turns into these sugary things that like the bacteria love. And then they'll just like feed off of it. And then they, there's like this reaction where it like breaks down your teeth a little bit more. So yeah. So I think the fun fact is like if you just for overall teeth health, like try to avoid these like acidic, sugary things. And also uh. if you <laughs> another thing is that like it also matters like how frequently you're snacking. Like if you're snacking all the time, every single day, that just gives the bacteria more opportunity to like interact with the foods that you're eating to like break down your teeth. But if you separate it by like enough time like maybe like a couple hours or like three hours that gives your saliva time because your saliva will kind of neutralize this to like kind of coat your teeth and like kind of reset everything so that it's not under constant like acid attack yeah Mm. i don't know i don't know if you guys knew that but (laughs) oh i definitely know no (laughs) oh I, i have one okay so I was told, I don't know who told me this, but is there a genetic component to being more susceptible to cavities? Because I don't really get cavities, but I wouldn't say I'm the most like top-notch oral hygiene person. Mm-hmm. And I tell that to my <laughs> hygienist and she's like, well, I get a cavity each time I go to the dentist. So that's great for oh. you. And I was like, <laughs> okay, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I think there is a genetic component. component. Some people are more susceptible than others. Um, oh. I don't really, I don't really know exactly like the gene or like the multiple genes or how they interact or whatever, but yeah, there are some people who it's like, they have great oral hygiene and then it's like, I don't know why they get cavities or, um, yeah. But I think like there have been multiple studies on like the pop, the general dentist, like the um, general population and their dental health. And the majority of people, you know, like they like do pretty well. And then you have some people who like do a little bit worse. And then that's like a smaller group. And then the smallest group, it's like no matter what you do, like their dental health is just like mm-hmm. very poor. So I don't know. But the majority of people, you know, like if they have good oral hygiene, it's it's pretty good. I was watching TikTok and one of the viral TikToks I saw was this girl saying that a certain mouthwash stains teeth. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what I'm referencing, but like, does mouthwash do that? Yeah. So um, it depends on like how much you use it. So there's one called um, chlorhexidine and then that will, it's kind of like an antiseptic mouthwash. And then usually we prescribe it for patients um, just to help with like, um, I don't know, keeping their mouth kind of clean, but you shouldn't mm-hmm. use it more than two weeks. Otherwise, it'll stain your teeth black. So generally, you'll do two weeks, and then you'll stop for two weeks, and then you'll do another two weeks, and then you stop for two weeks. Some people only use it for like 10 days, but yeah, it can definitely stain your teeth. It's true, but I don't know what mouthwash she's using, so. 
Maybe it's chlorhexidine. Oh, true or false? Um, a lot of people advertise like this toothpaste is fluoride free. Is fluoride free toothpaste good, better for you? Okay, so in dental school, what we were taught is fluoride is good for you in terms of dental health. So mm-hmm. there have been a lot of studies that show that fluoride will interact with the bacteria, like it like kills the bacteria. It can help like remineralize your teeth, meaning that like if you if your teeth have broken down a little bit by like the reactions between the bacteria and the food, um, and it's only within like the first layer, it can like build back up again. And fluoride can help with that. And it like makes the tooth structure like a little bit stronger. Um, and then, you know, like before fluoride, I think fluoride's, yeah, fluoride, uh, there's like fluoride in the, some water, like public water. Before then, I think a lot of like the cavity, um, we call it like caries. So like the caries incidence was like lower um, after like fluoridation of like water. Um, mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I use fluoride and I even use like the high fluoride toothpaste because it can also help with sensitivity too. Um, and it, yeah, it prevents cavities. So I use 5,000 parts per million toothpaste, which is more than what you can buy. It has to be prescribed. Wow. Oh, do you like <laughs> prescribe it to yourself? No, I have, I guess like my, my, my dentist does. <laughs> yeah. Dentists have dentists too, you know. <laughs> uh, true or false it's good to brush your teeth <laughs> it's true it's true but you don't you shouldn't brush too hard i see oh and then another thing is oh. you should try to floss before brushing Bef- oh, yeah before. Yes. Before brushing. yeah yes. yeah i always mm-hmm. argue with my boyfriend yeah, about i this. knew that from juliana when she visited yeah yeah, yeah. Wait, it's definitely have... before because before you get like the little gunk yeah out. that's what i yeah, tell yeah, yeah. and then you brush it away i feel yeah. gross doing it after yeah 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 yeah, yeah you want to floss get all the gunk out so then you can brush like where the gunk was otherwise uh-huh. the gunk's blocking your 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 brush mm, wow yeah. good to know mm-hmm. true or false um water is an okay substitute for mouthwash after brushing your teeth so ideally you shouldn't so like if you're brushing your teeth and then you're rinsing with water right you're just kind of rinsing away the toothpaste with the fluoride in it so Mm. what we usually tell patients is just brush and then spit and it might feel a little bit you could just keep spitting so that there's like less toothpaste in your mouth but like if you drink water or like rinse it away you're just rinsing away what you're brushing your teeth with how long can you drink or how long should you wait before drinking water after brushing your teeth usually 30 minutes oh my gosh (laughs) yeah i mean okay but to be fair i don't always follow this sometimes i'm like whatever i just want to drink water but this is just the ideal you Mm -hmm. know Uh, Mm -hmm. i feel like at this point this is more for us (laughs) (laughs) we're just having so much fun (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but people are curious. Like some people are like, what kind of mouthwash should I use? Or like, should I use mouthwash? I know. I always drill my hygienist. Oh, <laughs> this is a true or false, but which is better, Colgate or Crest? Oh, oh uh, I don't have Crest an opinion I? on that, actually. Oh, okay. It's kind of like, oh, asking about different brands of, I don't know, whatever is similar. <laughs> no so, preference. So as, long no, as, mm-mm. Mm-mm. as long as there's fluoride, it's fine. Yeah. But some people are very sensitive to toothpaste. Um, so, yeah. Um, some of these toothpaste can be a little abrasive. 
Oh, speaking of abrasive toothpastes, um, thoughts on toothpaste with activated charcoal yeah. or baking soda? Okay, baking so soda or baking powder. There's like one baking of them. Soda. Baking soda. Yeah, I think baking soda has is fine. Like, um, you know, like I haven't heard anything like bad about it. Um, in terms of activated charcoal, I think that's more of like a trendy thing. You know, mm. kind of like matcha trendy. is trendy. You know, like. I, I don't know much about activated charcoal. I don't know if it's mm. good or bad. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. But that's, it's like a thing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. But we didn't learn much about it in dental school. I don't think we learned anything about it in dental school. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, are Invisaligns better or just like mm. traditional metal braces? Okay, I think it depends on like what I'm not an orthodontist, so like disclaimer, oh. I don't know everything about braces. Um, slash, I don't really know that much about braces, True. but I mean, I think based on what I know, it depends on like wh- what kind of movements they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Invisalign could be good for like a certain type of facial structure, a certain type of teeth. Um, braces could be good for like other kinds. Obviously, with Invisalign, you have the aesthetic component, which is like you know you could just put it in and like walk around people won't really know you have braces um so it depends ask the orthodontist (laughs) do orthodontists and dentists have like competition with each other like you have beef like one's better than the other yeah yeah so i mean i don't think dentists can really compete with orthodontists for like super complicated for complicated braces yeah i mean like you could probably go to a dentist for like um, i mean i mean in dental school, honestly, you don't learn very much about braces or Invisalign. That's something you have to learn on your own mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. of dental school, typically. Um, so I think like if, a, if your case is pretty simple and straightforward, going to the dentist is like not a super big deal. But I think if your case is more complicated, you should go to an orthodontist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it depends. Yeah. Um, you know how in some like toothpaste and some dental products, they say like ADA certified or I don't know, approved. Mm-hmm. How yeah, legit yeah. is that? <laughs> I don't know, actually. I mean, most of these are probably like bigger toothpaste brands, right? Like Colgate or like Crest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, honestly, if they have fluoride, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, they, I think there are like oh specific ingredients too, um, but to be honest, I don't really remember off the top of my head like what's. That's I okay. probably should know this. <laughs> Speaking of ingredients, though, alcohol versus alcohol-free mouthwash. Yeah, so alcohol tends to be a little bit more. Um, it it it's harder on your tissues, like your gum tissues. Mm. So if you have like sensitive gum tissues, like if it feels like it's burning or whatever, like I wouldn't use the alcohol one. I would just use the mm. alcohol-free one. Mm-hmm. I thought the burn means it works. I know. I, oh. like <laughs> I know. <laughs> if it feels, feels like good. too much, if it's giving you okay. ulcers, don't use it. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, people, you know, people can get like ulcers in their mouth or like bumps and lumps and stuff. And then it could signify that you have some sort of other issue, like oh. a cancer or like some other sort of disease, you know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's important to pay attention to what's going on in your mouth because everything's connected. Mm-hmm. What is the biggest no-no fad that you've heard about dentistry? Oh, the like, fluoride-free you... toothpaste for sure. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, what other no-nos? 
Yeah, I think the fluoride free one. Oh, um, actually, oh. another thing that like I feel like is not so good, um, is people sending it like you know they have all these companies now who are like oh just send in like pictures of your mouth or whatever and we'll like send you braces mm-hmm. and ex- or like the invisalign things i haven't heard like super good things about that i i mm-hmm. would definitely try to go see someone in person for those mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Thank you again, Juliana, for coming on and talking about your experience with grad school and just your adulting journey so far. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. You can follow us at, at Adulthood Pending Podcast on Instagram and join us every other Monday for new episodes. We can't wait to share our stories and we're excited you're with us on our adulthood journey. Bye, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Bye.